At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another live episode of Circling the Bases, probably a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today for the 50th time, Mr. I Christopher know. Crawford. Chris, 50 episodes in the book, sir. They said we wouldn't get one. We got 50 in. It's pretty amazing. It's uh, we've, we've grown, and we have uh, not grown, and we have uh, man, 50. 50 is a lot. That is a, a lot bunch. of episodes. It is started- a lot. Like- we started July 28th of last year, ah. 50 episodes since. I did the math, a hundred over 110,000 downloads since we in our 50 episodes since we wow. have started, which is awesome to think about. Yeah. Which, by the way, a initial thank you to everyone who has been a part at all of any of the 50 episodes that we have done. We genuinely yeah. could not thank you enough for listening to us blab along and yeah. uh, and. Just thank you again. It, this is uh, this has been awesome. It's it was pretty awesome to look at when I edited last week's episode and look through it, kind of number them, and I saw like episode forty nine and went, oh yeah. man, it's going down next week. <laughs> That's crazy. And of course, Colin, thank you to for editing that episode and for downloading that episode. For those of you who weren't here last week, I was on vacation and. The Wi-Fi just absolutely, you know what the bed like right after it, it and I was trying to send him. Uh, both of our audio files, which to get real dorky, very large file and just like moving at the pace of like a Lars Van Trier movie. Just wait. I'm pretty sure for the record, I'm pretty sure you broke the Wi-Fi in the hotel when you started downloading it. So I had to yeah. take over from there. I'm yeah, sure that's you very broke true. It. Yeah. Well, there's some, the th- there's some 10 year old kid somewhere cursing you out right now because he couldn't do anything on his phone because he's on vacation, doesn't know how to vacation yet. Here's the thing. We were in a house. We made sure we rented a house in part because I didn't want to deal with the hotel Wi-Fi. Hotel Wi-Fi is the one thing that has still stuck in 1998 for some reason. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, thank you. The <laughs> Long story short, thank you very much to Colin for all of his work on editing and doing this stuff and prepping the shows. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So coming up on our show today. Minnesota calls up one of their top prospects. He's going to make his debut tomorrow. Joe Ryan will get you hyped for that. Uh, Some bad news for Brad Hand and Victor Robles out there. We'll cover some potential September call-ups that could impact your fantasy team. And finally, we're going to play a little game of overreaction or on the money based on this year's fantasy performances. So let's get right to it. And let's talk about Joe Ryan right real quick. Twins call up 
one of their top prospects. He will take the mound against the Chicago Cubs on Wednesday. The right-hander was the centerpiece in the Nelson Cruz trade with Tampa Bay that went down right before the deadline. Um, for those of you, as, uh, as I'll plug NBC here, for those of you who watched, woke up at 6 a.m. Eastern to watch some USA baseball, uh, he participated in the U.S. Olympic team in Tokyo, which obviously won silver. He pitched six innings of one-run ball against Team Israel during the opening round play. In the nine innings since returning back to AAA, holds a, an even two ERA, striking out 17 and only walking two in those nine innings. So Joe Ryan, an exciting arm to look at. Chris, introduce us all to Joe Ryan, and more importantly, give us an idea of how much we can expect from him from now to the end of the year. Yeah, I think he's one of the more underrated pitching prospects in baseball right now. Now, look, he's he's already 25 years old, which I think, you know, that age can could be a little bit of concern because, you know, it's similar to like the NFL draft where people get worried about a prospect at a certain age. And but I, I don't worry about that too much. In fact, I think it kind of adds to why I'm excited about him because he's extremely polished. I mean, this is a guy who had a 92-12 strikeout to walk ratio in his 66 innings this year. He pounds the strike zones. We have, of course, seen that not always translate over, but based on how he repeats his delivery, um, based on what I have personally seen, I don't think throwing strikes is ever going to be an issue. Not a guy who's going to miss a ton of bats, I think, but a guy with who gets a 60-grade fastball, sliders right around there, and then he has two other uh, secondary offerings in his curve and change, which are about fringe average. I think the change has a chance to be much better than that as he kind of gains uh, composure, but... I think this is a better real-life player, and I do have some concern about the fact that the Twins are just terrible. So I don't think they're going to be a ton of wins, uh, win chances here, but I do think he has a chance for those who are looking for a helper. That six-inning, three-run start, give you six strikeouts or five strikeouts, one or two walks. There's certainly use in that, um, but I think this is a little bit better long-term play than one right now. And even still, not a huge fantasy star, but certainly a guy who could help. Yeah, I would say any 12-team or deeper leagues, you could start having a conversation about. I'd sure. say anything less than 12, I'd say there's don't need to go out and reach out for him. He's not a he's not someone who I think is going to light up a strikeout total anytime soon. Nothing that you need to run out and go grab, especially considering that they'll probably treat him with kid gloves, obviously, in his first work up in the majors. But 12 teams and deeper, I think he's absolutely a guy that you could at least take a swing on. You like him going up against the Cubs for his first start, That's a great that point. decimated yeah. Cubs team. So, um, you know, we'll see how he steps onto the mound for that first one. But an exciting time for Joe Ryan and Joe Ryan's family. Kudos to them. And sure. um, like I said, I've, I've got to watch him for the Olympics and others. He looks good. I'm just – I'm excited to see what he kind of grows into. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like we were talking about, like – his minor league numbers have been really impressive. It's only been mm -hmm. three years, but the last three years, the last two years, he's allowed a 173 average against. Yeah. Like that is extremely impressive. Last year he had a 20, or excuse me, that was 2019. Obviously 2020 didn't exist. We don't talk about 2020, but 27 walks, 183 strikeouts, and a 1.96 ERA in that 2019 mm -hmm. season. I mean, this is the reason why the Rays were able to get Nelson Cruz is because they were able to put a, a guy who's not a frontline starter, but has as high of ceiling, I think, as pretty much any pitching prospect in the AAA level right now, which is saying something because there's some good ones. But again, if you're looking for, and if I, I meant to say floor there, obviously, but if you're looking for a, a, their, your next ace, you're not looking at Joe Ryan. 
but it's very easy to see him being a mid-rotation starter for a long time. Let's talk about Brad Hand, the, mm. I should say, former now Toronto Blue Jays closer who, or I should, reliever, who was yeah. just DFA'd. He just got brought back by the bereavement list and then was shown the door immediately afterwards. He's given up 10 runs, seven earned on 13 hits over eight and two thinning eight and two thirds innings of work since coming over to the Blue Jays, walking three over that span. So I don't have to, you don't have to be a math major. No, that's really, really bad. He was traded to Toronto, obviously at the deadline from the nationals. He is now, once he clears waivers, which he will, he will go and be free to sign with any team. It's funny to look back as the Indians DFA'd him in the off season and he cleared waivers and all of us sat here going, I can't believe they wouldn't give him $10 million to just mm-hmm. to, to be on the roster anymore. And right now the Indians look pretty good in that hindsight 2020 outlook. Um, I mean, if we're talking about Brad Hand's fantasy value rest of the year, I don't care where he signs. There no. is none. There is no. just, there isn't any way he hasn't pitched well in months and we don't know where he's going. And even if he were to go to a place He's not going to be doing anything more than seventh inning, sixth inning mop-up work right now until he proves something otherwise. So, uh, Brad Hand, goodbye. Yeah, it's sad. It's um, you know, just this stuff happens with relief. Like mm-hmm. the the fall is it's very rarely a gradual fall. It's usually kind of a collapse. And you know, he wasn't bad with the Nationals. He had a three point five nine ERA. Uh, 42 strikeouts against 18 walks. I mean, and saved 21 of 26 games, obviously not the greatest save percentage, but he certainly wasn't the, um, let's face it, detriment that he was for Toronto. I mean, yeah. they, they they literally can't pitch him right now. And mm-hmm. uh, they literally, literally, his actual literally <laughs> now, because he doesn't play for the Blue Jays anymore. But yeah, unfortunately, Brad Hand's time as a fantasy rel- uh, reliever has come to pass. And it's sad because he was at a time one of the very best really and good. most reliable closers in baseball. Yeah, really good. It's a, it's a bummer. We'll see. Hopefully in the offseason he can regain some of that old spark. But for sure. now, at least for the rest of the season, Brad Hand could happily hit the waiver wire from your team. But speaking of someone else who might join him there, Victor Robles, the Washington Nationals outfielder. I mean, we've heard him hyped up for how many years now, and it's just not come to fruition. He was just optioned to AAA Rochester hitting just 203, 310, 295 on the year with two homers, 19 ribbies, and eight stolen bases across 369 plate appearances. There was a time in the, if we rewind back to the preseason, where the Nationals were very much pushing for him to be their leadoff hitter all year long, and he is now in AAA and deservedly so. It is hard to look back, it is hard to look at Victor Robles right now and see anything other than a glove-first I mean, even a Jackie Bradley Jr. kind yeah. of career arc, even that might be too much. He might be more of the Billy Hamilton career arc, at least from a offensive side of the ball. Right. Um, so, I mean, Chris, obviously, Victor Robles, done for this year. If he's on your team, drop him, go find something else. But are you closing the book on Robles overall, or are you still holding out hope that there's something more I need to play in a very deep dynasty league to be holding on to Victor Robles. And the only reason I'm saying it is because of the prospect pedigree and the fact that he's still only 24 years old. He has had some success. Look, it wasn't great, 
But in 2019, this is a guy who had 17 homers, stole 28 bases, and had a 745 OPS. A 745 OPS is by no means great, but it's pretty close to league average, and it would be probably above league average now. In 2019, it was only an OPS plus of 91, but we know what's happening with OPS right, right now. Pitching is just dominating. There's still some hope here, but my concern is, man, you look at like the metrics here with Robles, and he is consistently, and this is over the last two years too, and I know, again, we said we wouldn't talk about 2020, but we have to add it here because it basically adds up to a full year, of him making as little hard contact as any player in baseball, yeah. and that is extremely concerning. Um, he, you know, He's improved his approach to play. He's cut down the strikeouts. His on-base percentage is over 100 points higher than his average. But that's not so great when hitting 203. A 310 on base percentage is just not going to get it done. He's a terrific defender. Metrics actually are kind of mixed on him this year a little bit. I hold out hope a little bit in dynasty leagues, but if you're in a league where like you have even a close decision, then you have to cut bait here. There are just too many other talented young outfielders, and that's disappointing to say. But I do think if you can hold on to him, if you're playing in that real deep league, it's worth the chance just because of the fact that he is so young and does have that modicum of success. All right. So speaking of guys who are, if we're sending Victor Robles down to AAA and probably off of our rosters, let's talk about some people who might be coming up to help your rosters. Namely, today is August 31st as we speak now, which means tomorrow is September 1st, and that means September call-ups. Now, Obviously, thanks to the new rules, the call-up list does not expand to, what was it, before 40 or whatever it was? It was nonsense. Right. But now it's only up to 28. So you get right. to call up a couple players per team, which, by the way, makes a 1,000% more sense. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about some of the players that could potentially make a call-up here. Now, obviously, we are talking on August 31st. By the time you uh, are listening to this in podcast form on September 1st, there might be some other names that have been called up that we didn't anticipate. But let's talk about some that we are hopeful for and more importantly can not only get called up but can make an impact on your fantasy team. Let's start with Bobby Witt Jr. We got a a comment before the show about Bobby Witt, and you're right. He is, I think, maybe the name that I'm circling the most when I'm looking at September call-ups because if there is any chance that he gets – a quick cup of coffee in the major leagues. He's someone you immediately should go add, even in a redraft league, because of his power-speed combo. There's not many guys out there who have that kind of plus-plus ability at both of them, and if he hits the ground running, he could be a major impact for a Royals team that just wants to see what he can do at the major league level. Yeah, it's it, it would be sensational to see it. I I really don't think it's going to happen. I would recommend everybody, by the way, if you didn't listen to last week's show that I did with Jim Callis, Mm -hmm. give it a listen. We talked about some guys who have a chance to be um, better fantasy type players than maybe their real life value suggests and uh, vice versa as well. I mean, Witt Jr. to me is the top fantasy prospect in baseball, and it it may not actually be all that close just because of the position that he's playing Mm -hmm. shortstop. The fact he can hit for average, the fact he can hit for power, the fact that he can steal bases. Um, 28 homers and 22 steals the last time I checked. Outstanding numbers. Has Still accurate, had yeah. No, yeah the, has had no issue making that transition to AAA. But unfortunately, because of the service time rules and the ability to manipulate, and Kansas City has been aggressive at times with this stuff, but Kansas City knows Bobby Wood Jr. is an extremely important long-term part of the organization, so I don't think we see him. But if he is, 
called up. I mean, you you spend all the fab you need. You do whatever you have to because yeah. the chance to get a shortstop who has a chance to make an impact in all five categories is very rare. So, yeah, I would I would absolutely add him. But I would say this. I'm not adding Bobby Witt Jr. Um, or spending fab on him anyway until I know he's getting called up. And right Agreed. now it really looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, someone who I think we're both hopeful can get the call up in September is Shane Baz for the – uh, Tampa Bay Rays, right? Uh, four and four with a 2.13 ERA, a 0.8 WHIP, which is just gorgeous, and 96 mm-hmm. strikeouts in seven, uh, 67 and two thirds innings. He uh, is just knocking on the door, banging on the door for a major league call up. The Rays, obviously, looking right now like the class of the American League. He right. could absolutely find a way onto that roster. Again, as we talk about any of these young guys, service time manipulation and all the rest right. of the stuff can come into play. That seems like, I think, a, I don't want to say a good chance, but like a, a, a 60% chance or so, give or take, of getting the call up here. And if he does, he might not get you starters innings, but he might get you elite ratios if he's able to get into the game. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a chance to get those Ws because you, you have to assume – that if they're doing the the bulk and the mm-hmm. starter type of thing, the opener, excuse me, that Bass is going to be pitching in that bulk role, which gives you that chance as long as he comes in after the second inning, gives you that chance to get that W, and that's important. It shouldn't be, but it is important in fantasy baseball right now for the chance to get that W. Everything we talked about with Joe Ryan, just it escalates with Shane Boz. They have kind of similar profiles, except for the fact that Boz has four pitches that get above 60 grade, and uh, a huge amount of ceiling, a huge amount of floor. I'm, I am confident that he will get a chance to pitch. And again, like you said, if he's pitching in that, even in that bulk role, he does have a chance for a lot of fantasy relevance because the Rays, whether people like it or not, are really, really good. Yep. And let's also talk about uh, Kyber Ruiz, the catcher for the Washington Nationals, the major mm-hmm. centerpiece that came over in the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade. Um, he just got his debut last night, uh, his first at-bats in a Nationals uniform. Uh, kind of talk, I mean, obviously he is an offensive player in a mm-hmm. non-offensive uh, in a non-offensive position as a catcher. Right. I mean, we see both of us absolutely love his outlook, you know, career long. But rest of season, Chris, in a redraft league, how much impact do you think Kyber Ruiz can give fantasy managers over the final month of the year? Somewhere in the middle between a lot and enough, like somewhere like in that uh, spot, if we're talking three and a half stars, if you were doing a movie review out of five, that type of thing, Um, just because of the positional value, especially like I think the the case with most catchers, um, the real life value uh, usually usurps the fantasy. But because Ruiz can hit for average and he's really grown into that power for a switch hitter and he's had some success at the major league level. Like you look at the numbers, they're not great, but like he, you have seen that power show up at the major league level. He's at least worth looking at. If you're one of those people who has been um, rostering the the doldrums of catchers, then I think Kiebert Ruiz is a guy who can help more than somebody like if you were having to roster at this point, like a Cal rally or something like that. Give me Kiebert Ruiz. 12 team and under leagues is Ruiz. Does Ruiz need to be on a roster? Is he a top 12 catcher rest of season? Oh yeah. I don't think he's a top 12 catcher rest of the season. That's just there. That's so close now that I say it, I I guess I would say like 10, 11, 12. I can certainly see him being in that. It's just 
I wonder too about if the Nationals are going to have him play every day. They do have Trace Barrera. Um, mm-hmm. This is clearly a long-term play for them. I mean, Ruiz has been around for so long. This has been a name I've been writing about since like 2018, but he's still only 23 years old. So I do have a little bit of worries, but uh, if I, I'll go, uh, maybe. <laughs> Classic maybe, love it. Chris, any other names that we should absolutely be uh, kind of on the lookout for? Yeah, that's a, this is a tough one this year because there, I think you're going to see a lot of service time manipulation this year. And uh, some of it is because there's so many teams that are just so bad. But like Riley Green, if, if the Detroit Tigers give him a chance to play, I'm absolutely adding him. Um, a name that a lot of people don't talk about is Seth Beer, um, a guy who was yes. among the very best college players that I've ever seen in his uh, freshman season. Um, ended up being a first-round pick, got traded to Arizona in the Zach Greinke trade. He can hit for average, he can hit for power, and especially in on-base leagues, he has an excellent approach at the plate. So if you're playing in an on-base league or a points league, Seth Beer would be a must-add, and I can't wait to make so many puns involving that last name. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of that. So <laughs> cheers to that ahead of time. Yeah. So, so fantasy football season is here. I mean, it's not even right around the corner. It is officially here. I had my first draft last night. So nice. make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. Signing up for Edge Plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections, in addition to our incredible baseball and betting content. As reward to our listeners, be sure to use the promo code BASES10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. The promo code again is BASES10. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let's move over to the second half of the show. And let's play a little game of overreaction or on the money. Basically, we are going to throw out very, we are very bold statements one way or the other. And we're going to tell you if that is an overreaction or if that is on the money. And let's start off right now at the catcher position. Let's stay there with Kyber Ruiz. Uh, Salvador Perez, who is having a career year, just absolutely mashing. 277, 315, 544 
with 38 homers, 94 ribbies, 63 runs scored across 129 games. Fun fact, the Royals have only played 130 games this year, so I'll let you do the math on how many games he's missed. Right. The statement is Salvador Perez is unquestionably the number one catcher on 2020 draft boards. Unquestionably, no. But is he the guy who will start there for me? I think so. Like, look, he's clearly – it's it's rare to see this from a 31-year-old, but he's clearly getting better with age. I mean, you've got to look to – and again, we're going to go back to 2020. I think people forget that this guy was on a, right around a 50-homer pace mm-hmm. that year, and he's going to finish with about 45 to 50 this year. To get that kind of pop from a catcher is so rare. Like, I get the concerns. Like, this was a 250-ish hitter who provided t- – 20 to 25 home runs a couple of years with 27 as I look at the stats here that um, don't not prove my point with one of the worst approaches at the plate. And he still isn't exactly um, a guy who walks a ton. Um, But I think that because of that power, you have to put him there. My the reason I say unquestionably is if the Dodgers figure out that Will Smith needs to be playing every single day, then Will Smith is the guy who is clearly the number one to me with all due respect to JT real Muto. This is a position that's clearly on the rise, by the way, mm-hmm. catcher is um, a position that I have, you know, what to you about a lot, um, but it is a clearly a position on the rise, but because of his power and what I've seen from him from now for two years, I think he has to start up at the top spot. I'm on the money on this one. I think Salvador Perez has proven enough this year that he deserves to go Number one next year. Again, you're absolutely right about Will about Will Smith. And until uh, until we know something one way or the other, I'm going to have to assume that it's status quo. Right. But Perez has just had just simply too good over the last two years right. for this to happen. Again, 38 home runs this year. His previous career high, like you said, was 27. He's got 94 ribbies this year on not a very good team. And his nope. previous career high was 80, and that was when they won the World Series. Uh, I, he even throw, he's even thrown in, if you want to get into it, he's thrown in one casual stolen base each of the last five years too. There you go. <laughs> Boom. He's got some speed. Um, so he's just, he's just been so good of late that it just, I can't imagine a world now real Muto 264, 14 homers, 58 RBI, still going to be oh. batting in the four hole has yeah. eight stolen bases, which you really love from the catcher position. For but sure. Perez has been too good. Perez, I'm I'm on the money on that one. Perez gets top billing from the catcher spot in 2022 drafts. Let me ask you real quick. Go. One word answer. Salvador Perez, Hall of Famer. No. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll get into that debate. We'll get into that bait <laughs> off air. I mean, I'd have to look into his numbers a little bit more, but like Hall of, Hall of Famer is where I start drawing very hard lines. You that defense have to, is so good, man. That defense is so good. And if Yachty Molina is going to make it, Salvador Perez, and I'm sorry for taking us off of trains. <laughs> that That is a fun debate, which we can get into another time here. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next statement, Francisco Lindor is no longer a top 10 shortstop. Chris, am I overreacting or am I on the money? You are overreacting. I still think Francisco Lindor is a top 10 shortstop. Like, I still think that it's an underrated thing, and we I've seen it too often for it not to be a thing. And I know we have interleague play and all that stuff, but guys who switch leagues often struggle the next year. And that is just something that I think that you have to keep in mind. And But I just believe in Francisco Lindor's talent too much, and I'm not going to let one and a half 
bad years and, you know, bad is subjective for 2020. It's not subjective for 2021. I, I can't let it go. Francisco Lindor has too much power in that bat, uh, has too much of a chance, even if he's only stealing 15 to 20 bases. I still think top 10, this position is not as good as it was last year either. I have, I have to say that. That has something to do with it. But I do think he's a top 10 shortstop going forward. I'm going to agree with you, but it's close. It's really close for me. Like I, I think this is an overreaction, but if you had, if I had put this marker at top seven, I'd probably say I probably agree with you. Fair. It just, Fair. it's been so hard the last year and a half since the start of 2020, 238, 19 homers, 65 ribbies, 16 stolen bases across 153 games. So basically a full season. So right. if you look at it in that sense, you're looking at 240, 19, and 65. For a guy who was universally drafted in the first round in 2020 and the second right. round in 2021, um, he signed a 10-year, $341 million contract in the offseason under contract till, till 2031. So for the Mets' sake, he better this better be an overreaction. But, I mean, for – I mean, quick name game here. Do you want Lindor over Tim Anderson? Yes. But do, you want, do you want Lindor over Franco? No. Next year. We're just talking redraft. So just yeah. next year. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. about Story? Again, not knowing where he goes, but Story. Uh, story above him, yes. I'll say. So I Turner, yes. I mean, Tur I mean Turner is above him. Uh, Tatis is above him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's very close. Yeah. This what is about uh what about Bogart? I'll take Bogarts above him too. Like we're right. talking about getting like close this now, is, yeah. Yeah. I mean the the guys who really like you're looking at it right now. I, I went to search for uh, where he ranks in shortstops this year, and he's not in the top 25. Now, that'll change a little bit because some guys who have shortstop eligibility are not going to have shortstop right. eligibility next year. I think that's important to keep in mind here, too. But, yeah, he's definitely no longer a first-round pick, that's for sure. And I'm probably taking him closer to the end of the third round than the, the, the top of the second. But um, there's still a lot of potential, and I, I hope everybody doesn't overreact too much to one and a half bad years for a guy who was an MVP candidate before that. All right. Next one up, Chris Corbin Burns is a top four pitcher on 2022 draft boards overreaction or on the money. Just a little bit of an overreaction because I'm still going Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole for sure. And I'm taking Shane Bieber above him too. Like I know we haven't seen Shane Bieber and I know his numbers weren't that great this year, but if you look at the strikeout totals that he was putting up before his injury, I'm still making him that number three starter. So now you're in that debate of number four. And he's just not quite like, oh, it's so close. But like, I'm taking Walker Bueller over him. I am okay. taking, um, uh, I'm that, that's actually, you know what? That's probably it. So I'm going five. So it's just barely the very, very okay. minimum overreaction. But it's very close. And Corbin Burns is really good. I think this one's on the money for me. I think he has proven enough this year. In the last two years, since the start of 2020, 13 and five with a 2.22 ERA, a whip under one, and 277 strikeouts to only 50 Impressive. walks really across good. 198 innings. Yeah. I with you Darvish taking a step back, Bauer looking at a lengthy suspension, Kershaw with injuries and age, mm -hmm. Scherzer another year older. Verlander coming off of injury in another year older. Sale still kind of coming off of injury. I don't know what exactly everything is with him yet. Right. I mean, Bueller, Woodruff, Wheeler, like all of those guys could be in there. I'm completely with you. Cole and DeGrom, I think, are 
like a step above. It's really just a conversation for me about like, does Woodruff get in there? Does Wheeler get in there? Does does Gossman get in there? Like there's could be a lot of conversations there. But I think Corbin Burns, if you told me I had to bet on someone outside of Cole and DeGrom, Burns might be the guy I'm putting money on here. I think I have just absolutely fallen in love with what he's done this year. Can't blame you. And like this is a guy that makes me feel good because um, he was a guy I ranked very highly in prospect list. And his first chance, he was very good in relief when he first came up. And he kind of bombed out in that first chance of starting. Yeah. And that's just another example of why you can't take too limited side. But I hope people don't forget about Shane Bieber, man. Like, it, I, I get concerned about shoulder. But we were disappointed in Shane Bieber with uh, 90 and two-thirds innings and 130 strikeouts. Yeah. Like, like that was disappointing yeah. to him. Um, so, yeah, I, Shane Bieber is going to rank ahead of him to me just a little bit. And then Walker Bueller will rank. So I've got him five. That That's really splitting hairs. Right. All right. Let's let's go to a pitcher on the flip side of this who has just shocked all of us this year. Robbie Ray. Yeah. I mean, good Lord, Robbie Ray. He was borderline unpitchable last year. And now he might win AL Cy Young uh, as, as we're going up against it. Yeah. Uh, so my comment for you is Rob, Robbie Ray is a top 12 pitcher off draft boards in 2022. Overreaction or on the money? I think it's an overreaction, but again, not a huge overreaction. He's probably going to rank somewhere around 16 to 20 for me that I can't completely buy in to this strike throwing machine that Robbie Ray has been. I, I, I know it's been like the delivery looks way better. And I think it's funny. We were talking about like in spring training about how like this isn't working. Like it, there's clearly something going on, but he has been like the strike throwing machine. And yeah. it's never been a question about stuff, by the way. For people who don't know, this is now the all-time best K-9 yeah. in all of baseball. Like, that is really impressive. And it's also an example why rate stats are not always the greatest. But that's very impressive considering those pitchers. Some of it's going to depend on who he's pitching for as well. I, I hope it's the Blue Jays because I just love that lineup uh, and give the, get, obviously it's a success here. But I can't quite go top dozen because that's what you're suggesting then is that he is the best starting pitcher on your fantasy roster. Yeah, that's what um, I was getting at. So I can't quite go there, but he's he's right in that next flight. It's never been a question of stuff with Robbie Ray. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is an overreaction as well. If I walked into, if I'm in a 12-team league next year and I walk out of it with Robbie Ray as my best pitcher, yeah. I have a, I have a bit, I, I don't feel comfortable about that. That's crazy. I just don't. I mean, this year he's been phenomenal. 10-5, 271 ERA, 1.01 whip, 202 strikeouts across 159 innings. That's awesome. He's walked... Best part, he's walked only 38 batters this year. Last year, he walked 45 batters in 51 innings. I mean, just to show you the dichotomy of what that is, that is absolutely it's, nuts. It's I've never seen no. something quite like that. It's it's just borderline snap into place. And like I'm that. not yeah, I'm not comparing the two, but it's borderline like as proving my age, seeing the improvement Randy Johnson made from where he had mm -hmm. no clue where the baseball was going. To being a strike throwing machine like that. Yeah, this is black, basic. Yeah. yeah, this is basically unheard of. And um, while I while I can't give, make him a top twelve pitcher, I think he's definitely definitely fantasy relevant next year. Good for Robbie Ray. It's proof that hard work do it. Yeah, pays off, right? Uh, yeah. Also, fun stat on top of yours, he has the most strikeouts through a pitcher's first hundred innings, uh, first thousand innings pitched in Major League history. He has uh, twelve hundred and forty four strikeouts. That's the most in major league history in a pitcher's first thousand starts, uh, awesome. thousand innings, which is just nuts. Awesome. Anytime you do anything that is a best in major league history, you're doing you're something doing right. Yeah.
All right, let's talk. Uh, let's stick on the mound. Actually, let's talk about Sandy Alcantara, who has had a phenomenal year for the Marlins this mm-hmm. year. Eight and twelve. Don't look at the win loss records. The Marlins, but a three point two seven ERA, a one point one two WHIP, and one hundred fifty eight strikeouts across one hundred sixty five and a third innings. Now the Marlins have just a gluttony, a gluttony of arms that they are going to be bringing up either currently on the roster or about to bring up from their minor league roster within the next few years. So here is the bold statement. Sandy Alcantara will be the best Marlins pitcher over the next three years. That is an overreaction. And okay. it's not its not an insult to Sandy Alcantara because he's a very good starting pitcher. Um, but I'll go either Max Meyer or Sixto Sanchez passes him. Okay. And I'm not even positive he's the best pitcher on their major league roster. Like I think Pablo Lopez can give okay. him a run for his money. Now, would it shock me if Sandy Alcantara ends up being the best? No, this was a, a top prospect, the guy who um, was the big return for, I believe it was the Marcelo Zuna trade. The Marlins have made so many big moves, it's hard to keep track That's correct. of That's correct. Yeah. who is going so. where and for who. But look, his stuff is is legit. He's been excellent. Um, but I do think that Sixto Sanchez and Max Meyer, it's a compliment to those guys. Like, they have unreal stuff. And Edward Cabrera as well is, is a candidate yeah. for this. Like. The Marlins are absolutely loaded in pitching. It's very fun to see. I'm excited to see what they can do. But I'll go slight overreaction that Sandy Alcantara will be the best pitcher in three years. Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lazardo, which no one remembers anymore, but like no, still sure. got a ton of pedigree here. Edward oh, yeah. Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez, Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers. I, I totally Max forgot Ma- about Trevor Rogers. It's unbelievable the arms that they have. Max Meyer and Elisar Hernandez, who is also very good as well. So sure. There is just so much competition here that I have to say overreaction just because he's one of like nine horses in this race. And theoretically, I'll bet the field over the one horse. But there you go. Alcantara has been excellent this year. I think he looks at he looks like a top 25 pitcher going into next season. If you continue, if the Marlins can get any semblance of an offense and improve their bullpen. Sure. Like every single one of these Marlins starters for the next four years, we're going to be talking about Marlins rotation at the beginning of every season because of just how good this team can be. Bring back the Homer thing though. Put Let the pitchers pitch yeah. behind that Homer thing. Dang it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, let's go over to Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, he has been phenomenal since retaking the field, since putting on a baseball glove again. It's amazing how baseball players do that. They put on a baseball glove and all of a sudden they're play, a different player. Since going, since getting back into the outfield on July 30th, remember this was only because they added Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo and couldn't move Luke Voigt, so they needed to find somebody to play all these positions. Sure. Since getting out there on July 30th, which is exactly 100 at-bats, he's batting 320, 409, 640 with nine homers, 24 RBIs, 19 runs scored and a 23 to 13 K walk ratio prior to July 30th, which is almost 300 at bats. Exactly. 255 with 16 homers, 46 RBIs and 33 runs scored. Just to give you an idea, since it's three to one, if you were to extrapolate the hundred at bats since July 30th, he would have, he would be on base for 27 homers, 72 RBIs and 57 runs scored to date right now which is excellent numbers. So I'll ask you this, Chris, now that he is an outfielder again, Giancarlo Stanton will revert back to a top 50 fantasy player overreaction or on the money. I think it might be like right, right on the money because I think that's like, I can't go 
like any higher than that, but I'm not sure how much lower I can go. The concern is, um, first of all, I know we talked so much about stolen bases, but there's like no chance Giancarlo <laughs> yeah. Stanton's ever stealing a base. Yeah, like this is one of those like you yeah. get your stolen bases elsewhere. Yeah. You get somebody yeah. that's 45 yeah. home runs and calls yeah. it Yeah, <laughs> and the other thing is, it's like you just have to be prepared because he is built like an edge rusher, yeah. like that he is going to miss some time. There are going to be, um, even though his like the swing is actually relatively short for somebody his size, like there are going to be things that happen with him, like that you. And that's why I can't go like top 30 or something like that, because in terms of talent, he's absolutely like a top 25 hitter in baseball. Like he can do so many things without even stealing bases. Like the ball just screams off of his yeah. bat, but I can't go any higher than 50 because of the fact that I know like it's, it's a foregone conclusion and I hope I'm wrong. And he like breaks Cal Ripken's record for most games played in a row, but I know there is going to be an injured list stint. So that's why I can't go any higher, but I don't think it's an overreaction to call him top 50. Yeah, I think this is on the money too. I think he's right around that spot as well. And that's why I put the the marker there. Um, I, I He has just looked like a different player in the box sure. since he has started playing again. And I think mm -hmm. there's got to be a, a certain level of not only just like reps and being into the game, but there's also got to be a certain level of pride for a guy who was – we're all forgetting was like a pretty good defender in, in Miami before, yeah. uh, before the trade in New York. Like he was right. not a detriment by any stretch of the imagination. Like he was no. a good defender. And then they just kind of jammed him into the DH spot because while well, Aaron judge was already there and what are you going to do? So uh, I, the fact that he's out there now, I think it is, it has engaged him more back into the game and he's looked excellent since. So knowing that he has MVP numbers in his body, because we've seen it already and sure. not that long ago, considering right. we know that that's there. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think he, if he can continue this to the end of the year, if he has another month of playing really well, yep. top 50 player next year. I think yep. that's, I think we're absolutely on the money with that. Yep. I would, I, I can't disagree. I, and I hope it's true because he's so fun to watch. Yeah. When he's on, he's, he's on and he's great. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about another former MVP here, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has been excellent. He might be the NL MVP front runner right now, despite everyone in the city of Philadelphia saying that he is, should not have gotten the contract that he got entering the season. Don't rem we remember Philadelphia? Check your receipts. He has. Here's my the comment is Bryce Harper has regained fantasy first round value for 2022. Overreaction or on the money? I mean, it's it's this is the easiest one for me. Yeah, he's a first round pick. Like Bryce Harper in terms of just pure baseball ability is a top five baseball player. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, this is an easy one for me and anyone in Philadelphia who's complaining about the contract just doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. Like, I'm sorry. Like there's still, find people, compla there's still people complaining. Of about course there's people complaining about, <laughs> there's people complaining about Mike Trout's contract. There's people who complain yeah. about like, they just don't know what the heck they're talking about. And I'm sorry that you have, Stockholm syndrome from billionaires feeding you this absolute garbage. Bryce Harper is an awesome player. Like the only concern I have for him, and it's why he's like in the back half of a first round in terms of fantasy stuff, is I'm not 100% sure he's always going to give you that high average because he is such a patient hitter and he gets in a lot of two strike counts. So yeah, there you take the, a little bit of a risk for like 260, 270, but I think he is a, a lock to hit for power. And in a points league, it's super easy because he's going to draw so many walks but like even in a in a five by five 
standard league, Bryce Harper to me is an easy first round pick. I, I'm going to say overreaction and it is not mm. on Bryce Harper. It is strictly as I'm looking at the numbers. So, okay, let's oh. play. Is he top 12? I mean, assuming health is correct. DeGrom goes sometime in the first round next year. Acuna, Tatis, Trout, Soto, um, Turner, uh, Cole. Now all of a sudden we're getting to the level like, okay, now he's going to be in this mix of, all right, does he definitely hit top 12? Like no question he falls outside, I think the top 15 or 16. But is he unquestionably a first round pick? I don't know just because there's so many outfielders and like do you yeah. need to reach on him. So yeah. I'm going to say from fantasy standpoint, I'm going to say this is an overreaction. But like you said, in terms of genuine talent, top five player in the league, like I, that's he is just so good and could very easily, and I think will, put up first-round value next year regardless of where he gets drafted. That's just how good he can be, especially oh, with the yeah. 12 stolen bases that he's putting up this year. For if sure. that number gets up even higher, that just scoots him up even more on draft boards. Yeah, and I'll say this too. like One of the reasons why it's easy for me too is I'm not taking a pitcher in the first round. I may not take a pitcher in the first round ever again. There's but, just – they're throwing too hard unless there are actual rule changes here where we're talking about – Something where um, I don't even know what the rule would be, but unless we're talking about something like a drastic change, it's too risky to take a pitcher. Like the only one that is going to give you actual close to first round value this year is Garrett Cole. Like mm -hmm. as good as Jacob DeGrom was, he there, there weren't enough innings this year Injured. to give you that. Yep. Um, uh, as good as Shane Bieber was at times this year, now we're close to where his draft value is. And that's, I think, true for about 97 percent of mm -hmm. pitchers this year i just can't take it's him in point. the first round and then the other guys like guys who are ranked above him like there's no way in heck as much as i love marcus simeon there's no way in heck i'm no. taking marcus simeon no. ahead of him. there's no way in heck i'm taking cedric mullins ahead of him there's no, no way in heck i'm taking even ozzy albies who has been outstanding this year I'm not taking him ahead of bryce harper so yeah i i totally get that um there are a lot of really good players, and we're not even talking about guys like Mookie Betts and stuff like that. But right. I just believe in Bryce Harper so much. Um, but I will walk back a little bit like it's not close, but definitely top 15, and I'm taking him 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. Yeah, I feel really good about that. Sure. But that just about finishes up our show for today. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites Derek Van Riper of The Athletic onto the pod to discuss some September ad drops you should make, so be sure you don't miss it. So until next time, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. And thank you all again for listening to us over these past 50 episodes. We could not thank you enough. Here's to another 50 more. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.